0: Hello and welcome to The Pod People, the show where we live deliciously all day, every day. Which? I'm the original sinner, Matisse Van Rossen. Which? I'm Ben Sheets. I'm Corruption, uh, Cleveland. <laughs> corruption, thou art my father? Yeah. Oh, okay. You know it. Um. You got yeah. a deep cut. As, as I gave on my update uh, on our episode last week we're not talking about us that'll be next week we're talking about the witch We're talking about you yeah <laughs> you witch <laughs> today we're we're actually here to listen to you We're just gonna we're just gonna sit here and uh, <laughs> in silence and you can pour your heart out and we're just gonna listen so um, you know why don't you why don't you go ahead and tell us what's bothering you? Listeners, you're our friends. We care about you. And we're here to listen
1: to you.
2: You gotta speak up, though. I can't really hear very well.
0: That's enough of that bullshit. Uh, this week we're talking about The Witch, or The the vitch depending on how uh, you prefer it stylized. Um, the 2015 period horror film by Robert Eggers, His directorial debut uh, won him uh, the Best Director Award at Sundance in uh, 2015. Deservedly. And uh, yeah, a film that I have now seen six times, I believe, with this last watch. Easily, hands down, one of my favorite films of the past decade, Horror otherwise, full stop.
1: Yeah, I think we've all seen this movie several times at this point. Yeah, it's probably my fourth time seeing it.
0: And and I was I was happy to discern on this watch that there were still things that I picked up on mm-hmm. uh, for the first time. Um, and I think that is, is a real winner when you get a film that even after watching it six times, you're still noticing and appreciating uh, new things. And this is one of those cases where it's pretty fucking remarkable that this was Dude's feature-length film debut. Like, I'm I'm sure he did some shorts beforehand, but, like, this was his introduction to the world of filmmaking, and, like, what a fucking powerhouse.
1: Yeah, it absolutely catches lightning in a bottle in a way that few debuts do. But usually those big debuts are the ones that are remembered... <laughs> You know, you usually get some legendary directors out of them, and I'm excited to see what Roger Eggers does next. Oh, as I a... certainly am.
0: Yeah, I would I would say that Robert Eggers is is in that same camp as uh, David Robert Mitchell, who did It Follows, the same year as The Witch, yeah. actually, Man, we just... that, which was his first feature film. 2015 like... was
2: such a good year for horror. Oh,
0: yeah, it was it was that was a good year for movies in general. I was going back and looking at looking at a lot of the movies that came out that year. Um, I guess you could you could put The Witch also in 2016 because that's when it got its limited uh, theatrical release. Mm. That's when you and I first saw it then in Milwaukee in the theater. Yeah, this movie's fucking awesome. Um, It's set in 17th century New England uh, in the original colonies, a family. Of Puritans is exiled from the colony that they live in because the father is uh, too religious, mm-hmm. uh, which is really saying something for Puritans Yeah, <laughs> that he is too zealous to uh, remain in the town. So uh, he and his family are uh, sent out into the wilderness where they uh, start Uh, A new life on a little farm at the edge of a mysterious wood in which a witch witches them. The witch.
1: Yeah, I think that's a pretty good description. One of the things I really love about this movie is how strictly they follow period guidelines and they really stick to the period it's in it's really authentic
2: oh i'll say it's one of the most accurate period piece films i've ever seen and yeah I, same you know, I would, my dad's a historian like I, I go crazy for that sort of thing but... i would
0: i would say that you could put this this film certainly in the same caliber as uh like barry linden which is maybe the only other film that i've seen that that is so strongly dedicated to capturing the period in which it's set. I personally think Barry Lyndon as a film is kind of overrated, but like man, it is a it is a, a really good example of a period piece. In the same way that The Witch is,
2: yeah this this movie is almost as period accurate as uh, the last Les Mis film was. Really impressive, yeah, you know, really good stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> haven't seen that nor will be seeing that
2: yeah and they get the language right and everything it's really incredible
0: well yeah i mean that that is no, hate that, on is, just, is, just that just is one of me. the uh one of the the really great things about the production of this film is that legitimately um, in in his writing of the script robert eggers studied the journals of settlers settlers who lived during the the 1600s when this film is set, so he got the language down. A lot of the dialogue is pulled directly from some of those journals, yeah, um, which
2: I believe it 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 uh, it mentions during the credits as well for the film. Yeah, I think and, so. Yeah, and I I can't blame them for for putting that up front and center, like at the end of their movie. Like that's such a that really is such a point of pride. It's
0: a it's a it's a real dedication to the craft. And I mean, Robert Eggers in in interviews that I've watched with him, like he's he's a New England boy um and he has always been fascinated with the darker macabre history of of new england um obviously the the salem witch trials and things like that and just like that part of the country has such a history that like the rest of the country doesn't have like it's just sort of like part of the landscape there like I really got a sense of that the the one and only time I visited New England um I would love to go back but uh you know that's why like for his next film we're getting another period piece set in like Maine uh with the lighthouse and he's supposedly doing a Nosferatu remake so he's uh he's got a passion for like that that old dark New England, spooky shit. Yeah. Witches and vampires and shit. And bears. Well, the mine. thing
1: is, there's a lot to unpack with that kind of stuff. You know, you got the long history of colonialism. You mm-hmm. have the witch trials, obviously. Which, right. You know, even play an element in this movie. Yeah, totally. Um, the thing I really love, though, about all of the adherence to period in this movie is it never feels like a crutch. No, se, accurate. You know? And, uh, you know, they don't just lean on it to lean on it. It's part of the world building
0: without feeling like it points at itself. It's good. It's a good example of immersion. You watch the film and you feel like you're getting a look into that time period. And you allow yourself to get swept away by it rather than being like, oh, this is a film that is trying to be period accurate. You know, Mm -hmm. like you're exactly right, Ben, like it doesn't like make a big deal out of like, look how period accurate I am. Look at look at my period dialogue and my period costumes and my period sets. It it just feels like you're there. It feels like you're in the 17th century in, in puritanical New England.
2: Oh yeah, and such a smart move for the majority of the narrative to be set like in the middle of nowhere, just on this, you know, this small family's plot.
0: Yeah, the There's entire no... the entire film except the the very the beginning where we see the father on on trial um mm-hmm. in front of this like Puritan council which I mean that's such a strong start for the film too, because like every shot looks like a Rembrandt painting. Oh yeah, because they've got those those uh, like the slatted windows, the slatted with, like, the windows, lighting, and the, like the golden light, and like the old like the old Dutch uh, outfits with like the the broad brimmed hats and stuff that are so common of the of the pilgrims, mm-hmm. um, and it's all just like still shots, and where like almost nobody is moving, so it looks very. It's extremely painterly, and yeah, that's that's the only time in the film that uh, we're anywhere other than their little farm in the okay. so and the surrounding woods. And the sense of isolation is really good. Oh
2: yeah, and when they leave the settlement too, like the comparative to paintings definitely don't end there. I, oh no, it just it the the whole film like looks like just compositions of plain plein air pieces, you know, from the era it's It's spectacular
0: yeah well i my my point is that the the opening does such a great job of like setting that stage like yes. giving you mm-hmm. giving you an impression and i love I love how in like a lot of those early shots, like you don't see anybody's faces, it's all like from behind them. And mm-hmm. then you get the shots of like the crowd looking on, and like the the council sitting in front. And then it finally, and the whole time, like Ralph Inneson is talking, and it finally cuts to him. Um, it's it's so fucking good. Mm-hmm. You get all of the judgment without. Yeah, exactly. Because most you, of the
2: scene is centered around the daughter, right? Like in her facial expressions.
0: Um, a little bit, yeah. You you definitely you you see her some too, but I mean the father is the one who is on trial. He is, he's the zealot. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, he's giving his, his speech, like... It almost acts
2: like as a narration at the beginning.
0: Yeah, it does. Like, what, like, what did we forsake our homes and travel to this new barren wilderness to find but the kingdom of God, you know? Like, which I think is, is a really... Excellent precedent for like who his character is oh, and what yes. the family is like mm-hmm. it's the the whole film is just like these people are. Their their entire lives revolve around the worship of God and like to the extent that their their lives just seem miserable because they, they can't allow themselves any sort of pleasures because like it's all about that idea of, of being born into original sin and having to spend your entire life atoning for, for things that you haven't done or things that you have done. It's very bleak.
1: Well, the thing about it is it compounds with that, you know, initial scene does a really great job of setting a tone of dread. Yeah. You know, it, it's that isolation of being cast out and forced to live on your own, essentially.
2: During that scene, too, like when they when they leave the settlement, you see the family like on the carriage. I, I love that because we, get, we, get, we see one, there's one shot of the thoroughfare of this settlement and it's 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 a full set like there's yeah. there's buildings of I'm, I'm sure that they they must have shot it like at some sort of location that was already acting as that
0: new but england new england is full of those like historically cool. accurate pilgrim yeah. villages Which, and shit like that i always love those as a um, kid too
2: like um but it's it's very well done. You've got, like, a lot of, uh, like, trappers and traders in the background. And, and Native Americans. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, That, like you said, it's that one shot from the, the perspective of the children and the mother sitting in the back of the cart as they're leaving the settlement and the gates are closed behind them as yeah. they're being sealed out. Yeah, and they're, like, they're um, humming
2: some sort of, like, song to try and, like, keep themselves, like, some sort of hymn to keep themselves, like, comforted as the right. strings
0: build up. Well, yeah, The another thing we might as well get out there right away is the score is Fucking incredible oh, it's boy. it's one of the best film scores i've heard in in years yeah. it, it's just like so perfect for setting the tone it's it's well, all, it's
2: traditional as well yeah
0: it's all strings it's all like su- it's all super dissonant too yeah it's all it's all voices and strings and it's so moody and dark and heavy that it's just, like, from the very beginning, like, as they're, like you said, as they're leaving the settlement, like, the strings are building, and it's, like, this is uncomfortable music, like, this is, this is not, like, a good opportunity for, for them, like, this is, this is the start, you know, it's the start of something bad immediately. It complements the tone of the, the images. Yeah, totally. It's It's, it's, it's dark, it's gothic, almost. Well,
2: and it's beautiful, too, because it's, the strings and the the satanic almost choir sort of build up and up as the family sort of heads down the trail and right. into the into the wilderness, and so you, you feel that like even from like an auditory perspective that you're just getting swallowed up by the trees and by like this like dark forest.
0: Well, and exactly, and like when they come to the site where they're gonna build their house, you know, we get the oh, the yeah. shots of like Ralph Inison like kissing the ground and like they're all kneeling in the field and they like join hands and raise up their hands, but then it. Like like, pushes in on the woods at the edge of the field, and it's just like, this is not a good place for you guys to, Mm -hmm. like, build your home. Like, go elsewhere. (laughs) You know, like, this is this is dark as shit. Like, this is some spooky nonsense. Right, and it's, like, no wonder to, like, the
2: woods, especially then, were just such bad news, man. I'm very hippie, like, I'm very pro-nature. I love nature and and whatnot, going on hikes and camping and stuff. But, like, I'll be the first to say, like... The forest is fucked, man. Like, true. <laughs> like, there are pros and cons to nature and industry, and this film does a great job of of showing both. Like, there's, like, you get the the horrors of progress as well. Like, even within like the like how the the family farm like has affected like the the environment around them and whatnot. Like, there's yep. there's all these little little sort of aspects and that provide commentary on the two worlds.
0: This film gives a a really good impression of like the woods being. Very primordial and yes. un- untamable. Um, I think that's a-, a big theme of this film is like they're trying to build a new life for themselves and be happy and prosperous and like sow their crops so they can like make a living and trade to people and you know be happy. But it's like they can't tame the land around them, and I mean, that's not solely the fault of nature. A big part of it is because there's a witch in the woods that is uh, actively hexing them. But I, I think I think that theme of like not being in control of your life and what's happening around you and the horror that comes from that... Um, is, is a huge theme of the film. Um, oh, yeah. Such a great
2: understanding, like, from a writer's perspective, of, like, that lack of agency and how terrifying that can be.
1: Yeah, totally. I I think it also does an interesting commentary on colonialism in a way, because, you know, they kind of try to colonize this remote area. Tame the wilderness. You know, tame the wilderness, yeah. and right. sometimes it can't be tamed, yeah. you know. Or just shouldn't be. And, yeah, or yeah. shouldn't be,
0: well, right, like, that, that is the thing. Like, they, they pick a really bad place to settle because there is a a, a 100% real, authentic witch living in the woods, <laughs> like, very close to... That's a guaranteed 100% authentic wits, ladies and gentlemen. One of the things I love so much about this movie is that we as the audience are never in any doubt that the witch is real. But a good chunk of the film is about them trying to figure out if the witch is real. Mm-hmm. Like, how much of what is happening to them is just bad luck and, like, what is what is actually, you know, a curse. And it takes them a long time to, you know, even start to accept the idea of a witch even as Puritans. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, we are never in any doubt of that.
2: It's so well balanced, too, because, like, the – what is the daughter's name? Was. Thomason. Thomason, thank you, yeah. Whenever, like, Thomasin is, you know, like, sort of trying to adapt as she, she made to the circumstances around her, she's always making, for the most part, like, the right decisions. Yeah, 100%. And, and so, like, you still feel for her, like, uh, and you relate with her character very strongly as you're supposed to during all of those events, whereas the rest of the family, when they're making these, like, these really poor choices and decisions, like, it's just, it's, it puts you on edge because you know that the wrong choices and that, you know, and that they're going to negatively affect her. You know, right scene primarily and man does that just fucking put well, you on edge
0: what um, i what i love too is that right after that that scene of them like uh like claiming their land you know it, it jumps forward in time to when they have their house built and their little farm established and the first scene we get there is is thomason praying and you know she's uh admitting to all of her sins you know like playing on the Sabbath and being disrespectful to her parents and all of this shit. But at the end asking for, for mercy and like for, for her family to like have good fortune and for things to like be good for them, you know? And it's, it's kind of, it's kind of sad because like the movie starts with like that very earnest sympathetic yearning for, for like happiness and everything that happens from that point out just may is just more and more miserable oh, yeah. for them. it's like it's like her prayers are being answered in the opposite way like mm-hmm. she's asking for for prosperity and forgiveness and happiness and all they all they get af- from that point on is is misery
2: yeah and it's it's neat because like for the entirety of the family at the beginning you you can relate. To a certain degree with them they still feel like i think very you can people i think you and, can
0: for 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 like, the entirety of you, the film honestly yeah. and when you
2: don't really understand like why the family left you know early on um I, i'm fairly certain like they do they do make that like relatively clear in the dialogue but considering the the, the manner of dialogue like
0: well kind of there's they don't the they movie. don't offer specifics you yeah. know like the until later on the maybe. i mean even so barely that I mean, the the, he, the council says that that uh Ralph Ineson's character is too is too zealous. I mean, you get it in broad strokes, you know right. like you I, I think see, that's you, an you see the you
1: judgment of the town. Before they leave. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. that yeah, does yeah. all that needs to be well, said, it, really.
2: It does, but, like, you don't know whether, like, it's the town at fault or the father is what I'm saying. Like, the, the, it could be clear that it could just be like that the father was was being, like, honestly religious or whatever. And, you know, he's just, he cared a little too much. Well, or I mean, I, Like, you I, don't
1: know fully why. I mean, I don't know if either one can really take the blame in a situation like that. That's but, my point. Like, know, like, which is why, like, relatability I mean, yeah, is yeah. intact. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you can't even point it at anyone in, like, such a realistic scenario, which I think works well. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think it's interesting. One thing I wanted to talk about a little bit is they do directly show the witch early on, like we were saying. Oh, yeah. And we know that. Oh, yeah. And at first, when I first watched this movie, I remember... It bothering me a little bit that they show just because the sense of dramatic irony sucked a little bit of the tension out. But upon rewatches, I found that it recontextualized a lot of those scenes in a really interesting way. And I just wanted to talk about a little bit. I wanted to hear your guys' opinions on how that recontextualized some of those later scenes. Yeah, totally. Knowing that there's actually a witch Mm -hmm. um, versus, you know... For example, they didn't think the
2: witch. I think it's the earlier scenes where it would have been much more there would have been a much larger negative impact on the narrative if the witch had been an ambiguity at that time. Largely because like Thomason, for instance, like that sequence is led up to by her losing her brother. Right, like, she's playing peekaboo with him, and for just a split second, she closes her eyes, opens them again, and the baby is gone. And the baby's gone. gone.
0: Also, like, I wouldn't... What, a, what an oh. incredible scene. Like, what a way to do that, too. Oh, God, it's it's sequenced out so like, well. To just, like, to just have her covering her eyes for a second, and peekaboo! And looks down, the baby's gone, and she looks up, and there's nothing, but there's that one bush on the edge of the woods that's moving. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't until this
2: last time that I watched it, too, that I even noticed that when she's playing peekaboo with the baby, like... And it's flitting back and forth between like it's just doing 180s between like her her mm-hmm. face and the baby's face. Like the baby starts out very happy, but like in the last second, like where you see the baby's face when she closes her eyes, the baby just has this moment of like uncertainty on its face. And it's oh oh
0: man, it just God, it gets me. Like I I feel like that was probably just good luck on the happy filmmakers. Oh yeah, like because yeah, like that's a, that's an infant. You can't direct an infant and it, its facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no I, they just they, I think... they
2: caught it and they the you know in the editing they were able to like work it in there and it's it's so perfect it feels so right
0: to answer your question Ben yes. uh the reason i think that showing the witch so early works so well for me is because every single character in the family like the arc of the film is that they all go through a, a legitimate crisis of faith and i think that knowing that they're being acted on by a malevolent satanic force very much recontextualizes that crisis of faith and and I think it it makes it more tragic for them too because you very much see them questioning like why is god doing this to us like what are we being punished for and they don't understand it but we understand and it's like no you're not being punished by by god you are being cursed by a witch like it is it is the devil that is acting on you not god and i think that that makes the family Simultaneously sympathetic and also tragic characters, like yeah Thomason is our is our lens for the most part, but I think that every single member of the family is understandable and relatable, like yes. The mother and father both have some like really horrible moments where they like really badly mistreat Thomas and especially the mother, but like you understand where they're coming from. You don't have to agree with it, but you get you get where it's coming from and I think that that us as the audience having the certainty of what's happening gives you a better opportunity to like understand their their misery better. I have another
2: point to add to that as well. It it really does help with a Point of relation with thomason and you would think the opposite would be true like oh well if we we had that ambiguity then we would share that ambiguity with thomason but the problem is is that one of the greater points of ambiguity with the carrot with the other characters in the family is whether thomason is a witch or not right and that that tension is lost if you are also unaware because you're at that point supposed to be very much so and are feeling concerned for Thomason. Right. And because and the, the whole purpose of the film is like her arc into spoiler things. I, I feel like the film would have to be completely reworked if you were to create ambiguity with whether there's a witch or not.
1: I actually slightly disagree. Obviously, I think the way it is works really well. And I'm not trying to lessen that at all. But I think in a traditional film, they would not show that to build the tension. Because... Sympathetic characters, even if you don't definitively know, you'll back. But I think, in a way, what it does successfully by showing it early is it makes the film a little less nihilistic in a weird way. Like, don't get me wrong, the film's bleak as hell yeah, it's throughout. <laughs> but because doing, they're a victim of fate rather than archetypal, you know, religious zealotry right. and old traditions.
0: It's not... It's, it's out of their hands a little it's, bit. It's it's not the seventh seal. The characters are questioning the silence of God, but we as the audience are not because we know that the devil is is Working against these characters, I think that having that certainty early on actually works against the the trope of of that that question of the silence of God, which a lot of films like The Seventh Seal do really well. Um, I think having having that certainty for the audience offers a fresh perspective that a film with similar themes would not typically give you. I think that's why I appreciate it. Also, I think it it just very much provides for a lot of the spookiness of the film. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is uh, the is the the certainty of well, of the let's witch be real the the witch scene with the baby. Oh my god, it's such a high bar like so early on, it's like one of the spookiest scenes in any horror movie. Yeah, is, and it's in down. like and it's in like the first 20 minutes of the film yeah. too. Like the first time I watched the movie, I was like, "Man, that sets such a high bar. Like I don't think the film ever meets it again." Uh, on subsequent watches, I I don't agree with myself. I've I've sort of gone back on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't have a problem with it setting that high bar really early, but like yeah, I I honestly think that it's more more affecting and that it hammers that point home so well that like right after the baby disappears, we cut to seeing this cloaked figure running through the woods with the baby. And then we get that really horrifying scene in the witch's hut where, like, you... You just hear the mashing. Well, first you see the baby on, like, an altar, and, like, you see the witch in the background out of focus, and she comes forward and, like, strokes the baby and then, like, puts a knife to its... Its stomach, yeah, and then cuts to like yeah from from behind of her like mashing something and with like a with like a stick, in yeah.
2: like... and it's like there's like the the percussive like tension building of the sequence. And well, like yeah, it well becomes the, like part of like the the score, the score. yeah, yeah and no, it's, that's really good I, I was nauseated the first time i saw it i was i was it's like gr- deeply yeah, it's, sickened, and i i almost stopped like i almost couldn't finish the film like it was it was a lot for me i mean as it should be i mean that's
0: no i and, i think that that is absolutely the effect that they're going for like, yeah, like you you entered the old world not like, only this is, this is
2: what happens like
0: not only is, to have child to stories. have child death but like infanticide infa- infanticide, infanticide yeah. like right at the very beginning of the film and to see this like wizened old woman like smearing like baby's blood and gore like all over her body. It's it's fucking spooky, man. Like it's yeah. it's so dark and it's gross such and such a a tone setter. <laughs> yeah. And you see
2: so little during that sequence too. And like the the framing is just fucking masterful. I
0: believe it is Three or four extended shots that whole sequence. Yes, yeah. it's very minimal. Um, it feels which, like it
2: lasts an hour. Or two. Well,
0: I mean, because they are they are extended shots, but like, yeah, it's oh man, it's it's so perfect. It's telling so much with so little. And what what I think is so great about that inciting incident of like the baby being taken and sacrificed is that like because of puritanical beliefs. You are born with original sin, and you are not cleansed of that sin until you are baptized. And that baby is not baptized. So what the family is struggling with so horribly after that is their certainty that because the baby died before it was baptized, that it is in hell. Because that is what happens if you die unbaptized yeah. to them, and which is
2: exactly one of the key reasons that I personally am not a Christian.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, same. Like, I'm, I'm sorry,
2: I'm... like if your God is gonna let a baby die and like condemn it to hell that for God's eternity, evil a sociopath. yeah, sociopath, like fuck off, like not my God. Hashtag yeah. not my God. No,
0: I'm. <laughs> We shouldn't shouldn't go into yeah, that too much a, to not awesome. uh, I can't do yeah don't want to um, alienate too many of our listeners but I I agree um, but I I think I think as a thematic element for this film it's extremely powerful and it's something that like that tortures the mother for the entirety of the film you know like after the baby is taken like she doesn't sleep she just stays up all night crying you know and and she uh, develops this resentment towards thomason because thomason was playing with the baby when the baby was taken so it's like she blames thomason even though it's not at all thomason's fault and i that is you know that's what sets off thomason being gradually alienated from her family which leads to her making certain decisions at the end of the film which we'll get into it's such a good inciting incident and it it gives you such a, a good idea of what you're in for for the rest of the film, and uh, man, well, it's so good. I,
1: I think it works well because where a traditional film, you know, wouldn't show the witch stuff right away because the goal would be to build tension with it, with the lack of knowledge and trying to figure out yeah, what's going on, you know, the goat, you know, all that stuff. Uh, this movie really does the opposite, and that's why I think I... I started appreciating this movie more on repeat views is because with trying to find the tension of the movie out of the way, you realize the movie is much more of an atmosphere piece and a character study. You know, I talked at length about atmosphere pieces and like Suspiria, but this is another great example of where the tone and the feeling of the movie really carry it in a lot of ways just because there's such that bleak sense of dread that permeates yeah. every shot absolutely every character decision every you know music cue and it just works so perfectly
0: well and what i think is is nice too is that like giving the certainty of the witch and there being an element of the supernatural certainly involved doesn't Eliminate the mystery from the film. It recontextualizes it and gives you more mystery because it you have questions like are the twin are the young twins bewitched? Yeah. Um is the goat the devil? Having the presence of the witch made clear early on just offers new questions.
1: Mm-hmm. If anything, it cements that sense of dread. Yeah, you know, totally. Like, <laughs> I I would argue that like a lot of those questions would exist if they didn't show the witch. But the thing is that dread is in there because you know something is up. You know, there's yeah. a
0: certainty there that makes it more bleak. Those in a lot of those ways. questions those questions might be there. But I, I think they would have a different context, because we, are, we know for certain that there is an evil supernatural force at work. Then we can question, like, is Black Philip just the family goat, or is it Satan in disguise? Because we know for a fact that the devil is at work here. Whereas, if there was not the certainty of the witch... There would be much more like, well, how much is it just like bad luck that's happening to this family and that they are taking it as an act of God or an act of the devil, you know? Like that, it, it recontextualizes those mysteries and I, I think it makes it a lot spookier. Um, on that subject, do we want to talk about Black Philip? Yes. maybe the 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 best character in the movie, which is high praise because all the characters are great and he's an animal. Can I answer that with a question? <laughs> yeah, do you like the taste of butter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I was gonna save that for later on, but uh, that's one of my favorite things about this movie is that uh, for people in the 1600s, living deliciously is being able to eat butter. God, in two thousand in two thousand nineteen, living deliciously is like getting shit housed in an Arby's parking lot and ta- <laughs> and talking your way out of a DUI using your white privilege like that. Like <laughs> in in sixteen hundreds, they're like, oh man, I could fucking sell my soul to the devil and eat butter. I think Paul. Damn, me and beg to differ. <laughs> the devil is alive. <laughs> Damn, son, I can fucking sell, I can forsake God and sell my soul to Satan, and I can eat butter? Shit! Where's that book? I want to sign. Right! (laughs) Um, I mean, diabetes is the devil's play thing, obviously. True, man, but, um... Yeah, I've I've read a lot about uh what an absolute nightmare working with that goat was. Oh, really? Um, I yeah, believe it, a, Apparently, it was nightmare. very it was very foul-tempered and did not do what it was supposed to do at all most of the time, um and was just like really aggressive and they had a really hard time getting the shots, which honestly, I think ultimately speaks even higher of this film in general because the stuff that they got with that goat is so fucking excellent oh, yeah. like it's some of the best stuff in the film and knowing that they had to deal with such a difficult animal in filming that they were still able to get such like absolute gold like good on them they
1: should have known what they were getting for since the goat's stage name is marlon branda <laughs> um
0: oh man yeah that uh, there man there's there's so much like spooky stuff with that just big black goat with those massive horns like i'm frankly surprised that a family of puritans would even have such an animal they were playing themselves like that is (laughs) like that is like the most satanic looking beast i've ever seen you know like is the most metal shit Give me a tattoo of Black Phillip and I'll fucking join a black metal band. Like that is such a fucking scary animal. Especially like the the relationship that like the the twins have to it. Like yeah. these these little these little devil children. Seeing like, their song about Black Phillip yeah. and that part where like you just have the the, the close up of like the side of Black Phillip's head and like one of the kids just leans in and it's just like
1: ba <laughs>
0: oh yeah like speaking like, of the kids i think i said oh, this man. during the movie yeah. but like during
2: multiple viewings of this film i've 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 pulled such a like a, a 180 on on these or 360 on on, on these chill like my my perspective on these children at the beginning i thought they were really cute like i was like oh these kids are really adorable they're just but you know like they're just like goofing around singing these cute songs they look hidey they look horrible but they're not that spooky and then by the end of the film I was like, oh, I don't know. And then like on second viewing, I was like, Man, these kids are really fucking spooky and it is creeping me the fuck out. And then on my my more recent viewings, I thought they were adorable again for yeah, being man. little Satan babies. I, I've I've right. never
0: I've never thought of them as anything but spooky little devil kids. They are yeah. the cutest spooky little devil kids. I mean kids, it's the, the casting God, is the casting is excellent. And also like these kids these kids are probably what, like six years old, five, six years old. This just goes to show that like when child actors are good, they're fucking good. Like I can't imagine, I can't imagine how difficult it was to, to get these like six year old children to like do period accurate dialogue and shit like that and actually take direction and be believable. Like, and and i mean even the the kid who plays the older or the the oh, the middle especially. child the, the older brother who's still younger than thomas and he he's probably like I mean, the actor might be a little bit older, but he's supposed to be, like, 12, like, 11, yeah. 12. He's really excellent. He's spectacular. Yeah, all the kids are directed excellently. Is out of this world. After, yeah, after he's, he's witched mm. and throws up the apple, that scene is great. The exorcism yeah. scene is
1: fucking fantastic. That's personally my favorite scene. Well, the thing is, like, all the kids are excellently directed, especially the little ones. Yeah! I've always been impressed with that, because... Working with kids, man, is so unpredictable. And like
0: so many movies, there are like there are a lot of good movies that have child actors that are just absolute dog shit. Yeah. Like kids can be such terrible actors. And for a movie like this, having bad actors in bad child actors in the role of the twins, or or even in uh the the uh the older brother it would have totally broke. it could have it, it, it would have broken immersion yeah. it would have broken immersion and the fact that they got extremely talented child actors to do period
1: dialogue right exactly and work as fantastic ambassadors for birth control
0: yeah ex- like. yeah totally 100%. <laughs> it's
1: incredible
0: well I mean I think we can I think we can just sort of extend that blanket of good actors not birth control but. Uh, <laughs> Good actors to the entire cast. I think they all fucking knock it out of the park. Like Anya Taylor Joy is as Thomason is spectacular. A uh, star making role. I mean... Yeah, we, well, I mean, clearly it worked. You know, after this, she was, she, you know, got the role in Split. And then and she was in Glass, and, you know, she's she's starting to be in more stuff. Like, I think she's only got a promising career ahead of her. The father is played by Ralph Ineson, who I think is an incredible and also extremely underrated actor. Uh, he's fucking dope. Who
2: Ka- is he in Game of Thrones?
0: Uh, Dagmar, Clefjaw. Right, Clefja, um, man. And uh, the mother, uh, Kate Dickey also in game of thrones yes um uh liza right liza aaron yeah. catlin's sister and she's a similarly hateable character yeah. in this right. not irredeemably hateable like you she is in game of thrones deemable? oh my god yeah you got it yeah i got it game of thrones, uh, game of thrones is coming back soon guys Oh
2: yeah. <laughs> Not to drag in that one, but up.
0: like yeah, she's she's really good as well in in this movie. I think like while she's still pretty horrible, she's a more sympathetic character. She's redeemable just because of like the shit that that the family has been through. Yeah. But like man, they're all so fucking good. Yeah. What a. St- Deller cast and like they feel like a family you know and man i yeah and the way their personal flaws
2: carry throughout the film as well yeah was, totally especially in this last film i was i was so moved by impressed by like the father's arc yeah i hadn't really same. thought about that so much before that like his like his character flaw like all of his mistakes are always for pride yeah. Like everything that he does like his you 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 slowly recognize that his zealotry is is a point of of not worship but of pride. Right. Like that he has to be the best worshipper. And it's so believable. Like you it it took like that many viewings for me to like really like buy into that and and recognize that theme. Well for he has character.
0: and he has that he has that that great monologue uh towards the end you know, where he, like, goes out into, he's, like, out chopping wood at night in the rain, and he's... Uh, or maybe it's not raining. I don't remember. But he's just Might like well he's yeah. He's just like <laughs> impeaching God. Like I know that I've been prideful. I know that everything I've done is for pride. Like punish me, but save my children. And like you want me to eat dirt, and I'll eat dirt. And he picks up a handful of dirt and he eats right. Which it. Which is like... cool because like it reflects
2: like the opening sequence of them kissing the when ground. When he kisses the ground, and like yeah. as a point of worship and respect. And now he's like putting the soil in his mouth as a point of shame.
0: I, he's he honestly might be my favorite character in the film. I, I agree, I think his arc is really interesting because I think he makes his character makes a lot of bad decisions. Yeah. Well, like, but it's is... oh, he's pretty well intentioned, I oh, think. Yeah. Like he is he is very prideful, but everything he does, like he is trying to provide for his family. You know, like he steals the mother's, mother's silver, silver cup. The silver cup so he can sell it to buy traps because their crops are failing. Right and I
2: love that because like even the- and then that, that's a point of pride. It's like, hey, look, I'm I'm selling this thing without your consent to to so I can prove bring, that yeah, I'm, so I can bring I can be home the man and bring home the food, bring and home the food. Right? And it's like exactly. and it's it's that wonderful, like very believable thing that people do whenever they fuck up where they, they they shift the blame and they say, I did this for you, right? You know, and it's like, oh, you know, he has that he has that kind of that way out. But like, at, and very, but at the same
0: true, at the same time, like he has his moments of confession where he admits to that, and you you yeah. can see that he obviously does care about his family very much and that, he his decisions might be misguided, but he does the shit that he does for the love of his family. And, I mean, he dies pretty horribly for all of that, you know? And, I mean, they all do. Back to what I was saying before about why I like having the certainty of the witch is that, like, they are dealing with a force of nature that they can't comprehend, you know? And that they are mostly well-intentioned people, and it's, it's tragic what's happening to them. Like, it's it's truly horrible what is happening to their family. And they're being, you know, punished for, for nothing, for, for the most part. Um, and I I think that that is really hammered home by us knowing for sure, like, there is an outside force at work here. Yeah, I, I, I think that. He's a great character, and like Ralph Inneson does such a fucking good job. I wish, I wish he was in more shit. Honestly, like yeah. I think he's... his
2: voice is beautiful, gravelly, shitty voice is just so spectacular. I yeah, love he's, it. No,
0: he's yeah. he's he would be a really good voice actor. I feel like he's probably done some voice acting work. He has to have right.
2: almost everything in this film is live effects. There, there are almost no, uh, there's there's little to no like like special effects or anything. It's all like in sequence. It's all in shot the the woods yeah. are all real like it's it's all very genuine the witch's house when you come across it you know they built you know just for like two shots
0: i might be mistaken but i i feel like i read uh, several years ago when this film came out that they did shoot almost entirely using natural lighting um oh which is which is impressive granted like to to make the comparison again to Barry Lyndon like it's not as impressive considering that it's the 21st century, and they didn't have to get NASA lenses. <laughs> they didn't have to. They didn't have to get NASA to make special lenses so they could shoot in candlelight. I mean, obviously, some of the nighttime scenes are are lit lit, but uh, yeah, I think I think so most sad. of the yeah, it's mostly shot during natural lighting using natural lighting. And it's just, it's just such a fucking good film all around, like so well made. And like the craft is just chef kiss, Mm -hmm. spectacular. And there's so many good scenes, like all of them. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah, like all of them, but like so many like really standout scenes, like the the exorcism scene, you know, after the sun. Um yes. why am I forgetting his name? Jacob, is that his name? Am I, is that right? I think right. So, yeah. Um uh I can remember all the the other characters' names. Uh I think Jacob. Uh you know, he he's a, a young lad and you know, he wants to help out and he you know, he wants to be a a man in his family too. So he goes out on his own to try to to, you know, hunt some food and he comes across the witch's hut. Well, he, um, he goes
2: out on his own and then the sister comes up to him at the edge of the woods, which I loved. Because uh, he's like he's he's brought the horse with him and everything and he's like oh yeah he's boy. getting he's getting ready and, to take the horse it's such out. like a a genuine like point of relation to like if you've had siblings like it, it it feels so I was I was saying it during the film too like moments like this are are so interesting to me because it it almost feels it could almost feel cliche if like I couldn't just personally relate to it so much and like it just felt so genuine to me and that was like. Uh, the sister's like, so where are you going? And he's like, uh, I'm not tell telling. You, I gotta, yeah. yeah, I gotta, I gotta go. You can't
0: come along. And she says, Well, I'll tell mom and dad. And he's like, All right, you can go. <laughs> yeah. Cut to them like going through the woods. I'm an only child, so I can't relate. But like, that's <laughs> another another great plot point, though, is that she goes out with him. One of the witch's familiars, the the yellow eyed hair, like startles the horse, so Thomason falls off and you know bangs her head the boy gets lost, she comes back alone, so not only was she with the infant when the infant was lost, but she's also was with the brother when he was lost, and he shows back up, like, the next night, naked and bewitched. And again, found by Thomason. And again, found by Thomason, so it's just like, she is the one who is, like, always there when the shit happens, so she is obviously the one that the rest of the family blames when they do accept that they uh, There is witchcraft at work. She must be the witch. It also doesn't help that she jokingly told uh, one of the twins that... Because she was being a brat, she told the the little girl that she was the witch, and like if you don't stop being a brat, I'm gonna bewitch you and eat you or whatever. So then, when all of the shit starts happening, they're of course like, she's the witch. She told me so, and Mm -hmm. it's like, oh well, fuck. At that point, (laughs) she didn't know. Yeah, she didn't know there
2: was a witch. Um, I love that too, because like then the kids like start like like becoming bewitched and like rolling on the ground. Well, it's like, and and the
0: kids, the kids have probably been bewitched all along because they've been hanging out with Black Black Phillip. Phillip. Yeah. And that scene is great, like during the exorcism, you know, when they're praying over the sun and the, the the twins like fall over and start writhing because they can't say the Lord's prayer. Yeah. And they say, I've forgotten my prayers <laughs> Um, that like that shit is is fucking great. Um, they're they're some of the only ones in the film that we don't the only characters in the film that we don't definitively know what happens to them. They just disappear. I mean, obviously they're taken away by the witch, you know, when she comes in the night and is like eating the goats um, because she's gone. The kids are the kids are gone after that, but they're the only ones that we don't definitively know what happens to. But I love that like a central conflict of the whole film is like thomason trying to convince her family that she's not a fucking witch and that like she's not the one responsible for this and then at the end when she's the only one left and black philip takes her into the barn and reveals himself as the devil to her and offers you know offers her power for the sake of selling her soul she's like yeah
2: the fuck else do i have to do yeah. right she's
0: been like my family's dead you know, like, and, and that's what I, that's also why this time I really like noticed. The, the significance of her, like, saying her prayers at the very beginning and, like, beseeching God for, you know, for happiness and, like, success for their family and then, like, everything going against them. Yeah, and it's, it's like, because like, God is not here. Clearly the de- denied
2: that. Yeah. Like, the,
0: the devil is here. And, like, yeah, she she makes a very earnest prayer to God at the beginning. And, God uh, doesn't show up. And the opposite, yeah, and God is silent. But, you know, who's not silent? The Devil, good
2: old Lucy. Uh,
0: yeah, so at that point, yeah, she has nothing to lose. That's a great scene as well when Black Philip finally speaks to her. And That's probably my
2: favorite scene. It's yeah. it's
0: one of it's one of them for sure. One thing that I noticed this time that somehow I didn't notice on my other five watches <laughs> is like after we hear him talking to her, you know, it's just like the look on her face, and it does the reverse shot you've got the one leg of the goat and then the other leg walks it's in boot. it's the boot and yeah. i've ne- somehow i've never noticed that before and it's such a fucking good touch mm-hmm, oh mm-hmm. man like that's that's such a fucking great scene it's just
2: it's so incredible too that in like 2015 you know probably 14 when this was shot yeah. like after like so many years of of cg and and just like movie like tricks and editing techniques to to finally get a film that is almost just exclusively live effects again like that to just play at the theater of what's in front of you it's a horrible way of phrasing it but you know just, to, just no to i i get what you're saying legitimately it's... there and because of it the film just feels so much more genuine and tangible and these horrific moments that are occurring or are, are just occurring in front of you instead of it just being a spooky CG. Yeah. Monster.
0: No, I, I I appreciate that that a lot. Um and I mean this is one of those films where like you don't need the CG. No, you know? It's it so it like now. it is pretty much entirely practical. I would be Hard I would, general, I would be yeah. I would be hard pressed to to think of any examples that I would say were definitively CG. Like even even at the very end when she goes out into the woods. Could be wire work. And come it's it's a certainly wire work. Yeah. It's it's definitely wire work. Yeah. When she comes across the the coven of witches dancing around the fire and then they levitate and she levitates, like that's definitely wire work. Like the CG removed the wires, but like I I can't think of anything in this film that's like, oh, yeah, that was definitely CG.
1: Yeah, if anything, maybe a little bit of compositing.
0: Yeah, Um. which, I mean, I barely consider CG. CG like it's I really appreciate also like how Robert Eggers discerns what we see and what we don't oh yeah I mean, he he strikes an, an excellent balance of leaving like certain things up to our imagination but also like seeing things that are horrifying and like really add to the to the mood and the atmosphere
2: oh even at the very beginning like that opening shot with the witch in front of the moon like it is yeah. only that the, the last millisecond that you recognize the silhouette of her levitating like on the broom like before then like it's it's super out of focus and out of depth in the way she's bobbing, well, what it, sort of what it, it
0: looks unclear. like what it's always looked like to me is when it comes out and into focus it looks like it's a bird on a perch. Not that she's levitating, but that she is... Oh, no, the... it's,
2: I'm pretty sure it's, like, it's, like, the back of her... It's the back of her, and she's, like, she's on a broom like that. And it's just, it's so out of focus, like, with her in front of the moon. Because he didn't want to have that stereotypical shot. It could
0: be, know. yeah. There is I mean, some
1: ambiguity to
0: it. But it's, like, it's,
2: a, it's nice. like the weight of a body, like, on a... On
0: I mean, a, but it's not, it's not moving up and down. Like, it is still. It looks, like, it starts close up, and, like, you see her hair, and she appears to be cloaked. But then when it pulls out, and you see the whole silhouette... It to like I said to me, it's always looked like a like a raven or an owl, like sitting on a branch, and like one of her familiars that we see multiple times in the film is the raven. Yeah. So like that could be her in the shape of an animal. It, it's one of those things where like I, I think that, it is very out of focus. I think yeah, it yeah. is. It is purposely out Which of focus. The point, I guess. <laughs> it is. It, there is that ambiguity and. Man, honestly, I feel like in horror witches are really underrated spooky villains oh, because God, we, I, have, we have we uh, have, and I talked a little bit about this in in the Suspiria episode, but about how like the idea of witches in pop culture has been so influenced by like Halloween costumes and like the Wizard of Oz and like the the spooky green face lady with the wart on her nose flying around in the broomstick with the black cat you know I think that witches are are laughed at a lot as like that's it, come on, it's just an old lady who does spells. Mm. But, like, movies like this and, like, The Black Coat's Daughter yeah. and, yeah. like, the, uh, for me, the Suspiria remake. I know you haven't seen that, Cleveland. and I know, Ben, we have the very, original. Suspiria very different even, different somewhat. opinions on that. But, like, I, I love that there are films that, like, portray witches as, like, legitimately dangerous scary antagonists in ways that I think that pop culture just generally does not have that perception and what what I think is great about this film in particular is that like I think it's a very realistic portrayal of how people would have felt about witches at that time and you look at a film like this and you maybe start to realize why they were so fucking terrifying why they were so terrifying and why like the Salem witch like witch trials were yeah, a thing like, why
2: those people like burned their fucking neighbors you know right like, exactly Jesus.
0: because like if witches are real then they're like this you mm-hmm. know and uh, yeah, I I think and especially like I loved the Black Coats Daughter so much, and I love this movie so yeah, a, much. Yeah,
2: I'm glad you brought that movie up.
0: Um, and I and I think that the more like recent films I see, and I love the new Suspiria so much, where there's like the the practice of witchcraft and that shit. Like, I'm just I'm here for. I it. think like, witches I'm so here for are it.
1: really great villains because much like I would say in a lot of ways, like Freddy Krueger, um, you're not limited to the realm of the real.
0: Yeah, 100%. You have a
1: lot of flexibility on what you can do with them. Yeah. And that makes them, in a lot of ways, unpredictable. You've got devil magic at work. Imposing, yeah, exactly. One thing I wanted to talk about really quickly. Sure. I think we're kind of wrapping up at this point. Yeah, we're close. But uh, speaking of the raven being a familiar, one of my personal favorite scenes is the scene with the mother.
0: Yeah, Um,
1: where she has a dream sequence, or almost more of a
0: hallucination.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, where she, you know, finds the baby.
0: Well, and the son too, who died after the exorcism scene. He comes back to her with the baby, and what I love about that scene too, in connection with like the end, is that when he speaks to her, he speaks in whispers. And they make mention of, like, the devil whispering in people's ear. And when Black Phillip addresses Thomason at the end, and, and like he becomes the devil, ASMR. he whispers, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, that that shit is, is great. But continue. Um,
1: but, yeah, I
0: know she uh,
1: she nurtures the baby because he's finally back. And she gets kind of that sense of relief. And then you get this awesome reversal on that, I guess you could say. Uh, where it's shown that she was actually hallucinating or in a dreamlike state of some sort, the actual
0: thing that she was, you know, breastfeeding,
1: yeah, was a crow that was just pecking at her yeah, yeah that's
0: that's just like eating off her her breast yeah no that that is a that is a a, and it's a great shot amazing it's, imagery yeah it's so spooky and also cuz like before that too the sun says like i have i have a book that i want you to look at will you look at it with me and you know they've already established that to worship the devil to become a witch or whatever you sign his book and Thomason signs his book at the end. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's it's unclear whether like the mother dies, like, uh, but like mm-hmm. it's unclear whether she signed away her soul in the mm-hmm. book. Before that,
2: but it, I, I do love that they do make it clear that like that event did happen. Yeah, because like the husband goes to like wake her later because like he was out of the house. He was he was outside. Well, no, he at was that point. no, he
0: was in bed the entire time. That's what I like so much about oh, it, is because yeah. is because uh, she's like she's like oh I I should wake your father and so he knows that you and Sam are back and the kid's just like no let him sleep mm-hmm. and yeah so he's in bed the whole time but yeah then then she wakes up the next morning and like you see. The, the blood on the on the front of her dress so like yeah she was uh, she was getting getting that titty hate by that raven <laughs>
2: yeah this is horrifying and it's it was neat for me too because like I I knew that the scene was coming up you know this this last time watching it and you know it was like more versed in like the 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 sequence of events of the film I had it in my memory that that se- that 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 shot of her with the raven was was much more like tight and visual, and you saw more of it than you did. And when the scene came back around, like, the majority of it is in shadow. It was just that my mind had just filled in all the gaps because that's how you fucking do it. And, uh... It had set with me like so much more viscerally than it was portrayed. Because it was just portrayed so shadowy and ambiguous. Yeah. And dark. I mean, it's very clear what's going on, but you can't really see as much as I had remembered. And I, I love that, like having that recollection.
0: Yeah, well, I mean it's it's lit only by the firelight from, you know, the, the fire and the hearth behind them. So yeah, it's 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 just moody as shit, you know. It's it's such the 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 cinematography of the whole film, like, just has has such good light work. Like, I, I liken it to Rembrandt paintings, not only because, like, the garb is very similar to what you see in a lot of Rembrandt paintings, but, like, the lighting yeah. is is very similar. Yeah, like,
2: those interior shots, like, very Caravaggio-esque as well. Like, yeah, Caravaggio, those, those, like, but, like, of... like
0: the, the Dutch masters, like, Rembrandt and Vermeer, and from studying people like Caravaggio, like, had such good mastery of, like, light and shadow. And considering that there are not a ton of moving shots in this film, like there's a healthy amount, but a lot of it is, is very still and painterly. And I appreciate that about oh, yeah. the, the cinematography. Like that's, that's that kind of shit that gets me off. Oh, like, those are, <laughs> like those, like, like Rembrandt and Vermeer, are two of my favorite painters of all time. And like to see such clear inspiration in the cinematography, from like some of my favorite artists, like that's that shit, yeah. like... and and it's
2: true too. Like uh, I would I would say that like Rembrandt and Vermeer are are much closer references for this film than like say Caravaggio because like R- Rembrandt and Vermeer like used natural lighting almost exclusively, and, right? Like, had...
0: And also and Rem...
2: whereas like Caravaggio would like usually use like have like multiple lantern light sources for his pieces, and, and this also... film is mostly naturally lit.
0: Also Rembrandt was. I'm like 90% sure, but like Rembrandt was active as a painter around the time that this film takes place in the 1600s. I believe that was Rembrandt's era. He lived for a good while. He did. He had He's one a, of the he, few. Right? Yeah, um, but he was I'm, around for a minute. I'm fairly sure that Rembrandt was was primarily a painter of the 1600s. Jesus Christ, how many portraits did
2: Rembrandt self portraits? Self
0: portraits? Well, yeah, uh, something outrageous. Seventy something. Yeah, something like just um, unheard of. Yeah, seventy something.
2: Okay, um, let me let me go ahead and look that up because I think that's a that's a cool point. Oh yeah, uh, Rembrandt Van uh born 1606 died 1669 age
0: 63 Yeah I Damn. think so he's just really
2: prolific like 63 I yeah. mean, that's pretty good like I mean for the 1600s but, Yeah it's pretty good But, but I really. I think
0: I think this movie takes place in like the 1640s or something like that So yeah like that would have been right around Rembrandt's time yeah. um so I I think that the cinematography inspiration there is is probably I would love to pick the cinematographer's brain um, on on how he shot a lot of that, but I I think that oh, the yeah. the the influence of of painters like Rembrandt mm-hmm. is is definitely there.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, like the opening sequence is like incredibly reminiscent of like the Night Watch or yeah. know, any of his pieces. It's it's neat. Do
0: you want to rate?
1: I mean, we barely have to. I think we all know. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: yeah. It's it's fi- it's a five pod for me. Perfect. Five for me. <laughs>
1: yep, five for me. One thing I want to say is the awesome thing about the period piece in this stuff. A lot of times, period pieces can be a little dry. Um, you look at the fantastic period pieces by people like Peter Greenaway, who have really strong attention to detail, are all about like historical figures. You know, painters, kings, whatnot, and they can get a little long and tedious.
0: Well, I, think, I think, but the thing is, yeah. this
1: has such a strong sense of dread and tone throughout mm-hmm. that it just carries you through. It. I think and, that's the thing. Is a lot of a lot of
0: you. a lot of period pieces are like historical dramas. Generally, mm-hmm. there's a relative, a relatively small number of like. True horror period pieces, um, and that's one of the things that this film has the strongest for it.
2: Yeah, it's. I guess the word the word I shouldn't use is accurate. The word I should probably use is genuine. Those are the most genuine, like historical like, I don't pieces. think a- I
0: don't think accurate no, is I don't incorrect think accurate either. Is. I think well, the, I mean, the of... like, there's
2: a witch, like the whole movie centers around like a, a you know a fictitious Okay, creature. sure. The but... the
0: events the events of the film are not historical, but the world building I think is accurate. Oh, like, fully right. And you you know, the, I agree. The, yeah, the the dialogue is period accurate, the accents are period accurate, mm-hmm. the the sets are period accurate. So like yeah, uh, mm-hmm. but but genuine. No, you're you're not wrong. Like it is an extremely genuine film. And
2: one of the reasons for that, I believe, as well is one of the the factors that that brings such a a true human element to this film uh, into its setting. It's not a biopic. So you, know, you you get to feel like these are real people because they don't have to be put on through the lens of like of Well right. History.
0: Like I like I said, most period pieces are historical dramas. Exactly. You know, they're usually about focusing on mm-hmm. some notable historical figure and
2: all the bias that comes along right. with that.
0: I mean it's it's not necessarily, you know, problematic. There are plenty of like good historical biopics, like, but like Yeah,
1: like again, Peter Greenaway stuff is fantastic and authentic and all of that stuff, but it's not an end itself in this movie. It's a means to an end. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it works for immersion purposes, but it's not
0: the whole story. Well, the, you know, like the this film's subtitle that is often on the posters and stuff like that is "It's the Witch, a New England Folktale," and it. It is that, exactly. It is a New England folktale, and it is extremely genuine. And like I said, it's very immersive, because I think it's it's also really interesting, so it it's easier to become immersed in something that you're fascinated by and that you're drawn to. Like, my problem with, like, Barry Lyndon is, like... I just think it's kind of boring and it's really long. Like I like, I like Kubrick, but like Barry Lyndon, I think is one of his more boring films that I've seen. I don't this
1: Barry Lyndon hate man. I'm
0: sorry. Like I, I think that technically it's an extremely good film, but like it's just really long, and I just think it's it's kind of boring, and I lose interest in it. And being bored breaks my immersion. Well, and... my micro
1: hot take corner is Barry Lyndon is less boring than 2001.
0: I haven't seen 2001, so I can't Wait. say. No. Okay, I didn't yeah. realize you haven't seen 2001. No, I, I, it's it's like it's like number one film on my list of shame. Um, but uh, anyway, roundabout that is a, a unanimous perfect score for The Witch from all of us it joins the hallowed halls of the golden pods alongside films such as it follows and the poughkeepsie tapes and the thing um i believe those are the only other three so this is our our fourth perfect golden oh, pod although sound fitting to me um yeah so if you haven't seen this movie fucking see it uh it's it's awesome and with that i'm gonna take us into the metacritic corner
2: What time is it,
0: Metacritic Metacritic Corner? Corner. What time is it, it's Metacritic Metacritic Corner? Corner. Uh, This is, I think, an appropriate one uh, because we love this film so much and we think it's perfect, but there are definitely some people out there who disagree with us. So uh, Lay it on us. I've got two. One semi-long one, one very short. I'm going to start with the semi-long one. Um, This is from Metacritic user... uh, S e a o f. It's one word, so it's either c of or it's Shaf, If we're going by the the pronunciation of Ooh. of the name Sean, um, whatever God. they they say, don't waste your time on this one. So many start this. One. All the good reviews are complete buffoons. The Witch is one of the worst movies I have seen. Made worse by the fact that most people say it's a must watch kind of getting your hopes up for a chilling horror mystery movie but it's none of those thing M- <laughs> movie movie is just <laughs> movie is just one boring scene leading into another boring scene well except for that one really disturbing scene that everyone is saying made them uncomfortable and it does i'm not going to lie but so would filming a roadkill squirrel for 10 minutes while maggots in its intestines <laughs> that's that's not in the movie by the way in all this movie in all this movie is a bland period piece that had some interesting elements but wasted everything on boring dialogue and story it has nice cinematography though not that it pulls this movie out of the gutter two out of ten
2: wow oh my god that was amazing
0: i like how there's like well there is that one really disturbing scene and they don't specify which one is i'm sure we know i'm sure it's probably the baby getting killed but also it would be filming it would be it would be disturbing if you filmed a roadkill squirrel with maggots in its intestines
1: does metacritic let you click on the user profile i want to see if he has any 10 out of 10 horror movies
0: uh it doesn't appear so it won't let me at least not on my phone um okay so this next one which is very short is from user Silent High Times. Can relate. Yeah, same. Um simple boring nonsense. The Can't v- the Vivich was just plain bad. I had fell to sleep on three occasions until I finished it. Towards the end I thought I was going to actually see some nice shit, but even that didn't happen. Fuck this movie. 3 <laughs> out of 10. <laughs>
2: Well, they have no uncertainty about that.
0: <laughs> I had fell to sleep on three occasions until I finished it. The witch, bad movie to watch. High. I should also, yeah. I should also mention yeah, bad, that bad idea. Uh, their instances of swearing were uh, they they self censored with asterisks. Oh wow. Love Solid. It. Thought I was going to actually see some nice shit, but didn't even, but even that didn't happen. Fuck this movie. Fantastic. Oh, incredible. Yeah. I mean, I've scrolling through Metacritic, like I'm not going to read more of these, but like all of the, all of the bad reviews were like, this is boring. I kept falling asleep. Nothing happens. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like what are you going into this movie expecting? Oh man. Okay, no, here's another one actually. I just I just scrolled across it. Okay, this is from Señor Santoni. Waste of Time. How this movie is getting good reviews, ratings is beyond me. Barely any suspense, zero jump scares, and it's basically just one long cliffhanger. The actors were great, but the script was so boring. M. Night Shyamalan status. This movie sucked ass, and I'm pissed that I watched it. Zero out of (laughs) ten. Just, like, imagine having the kind of brain worms where, like, you think The Witch is a bad movie. Like, like I can understand, like... I'm not about shaming like, people not for their taste, the be-
2: but... Like, I can understand not liking the film because it's too visceral or, like, you know, like, it's something that that's not for them in that respect. Like, I can I can get that. Like, this, this kind of subject matter
0: is not for everybody. But, like, sure. thinking it's boring...
2: That's well, right. What that's, I don't. That's get. the thing.
0: Like, <laughs> boring is like the last thing that comes to mind when it, I think of this totally. movie. And it's not even a slow movie in terms of pacing. Like, it's a tight, like, ninety-three minutes. The most horrifying scene happens twenty minutes in. Like, it's not a slow film. At all. Like, I can understand when people are like, "boring," when like it takes a long time for shit to happen. Like, slow burns are not for everybody. But this isn't a slow burn. I film. mean, like, when the fuck did Infant? Family- Aside, get boring. That's what I don't get.
1: Like I don't understand. Oh my god! Man. What a quote! <laughs> what a quote!
0: <laughs> like it's horrifying. Put like, that on a T-shirt.
1: <laughs> oh my god! This is that, this please, is the future that, that, the that the liberals want. <laughs>
2: <laughs> please never ever take that out of context for me. You've already heard how much that jarred me and how I, I recognize how unsettling that is. <laughs> Well, oh, you can man.
0: you can never run for Congress, Cleveland. Yeah, that's, just back that's and the bite one. You in the ass. Leave it in. Um, God damn it. We on pod
2: people do not condone infanticide in any manner. And I think we that's...
0: do think it's scary, though. We do. <laughs> it is. It's <laughs> it very
1: scary. See, I think this movie is a bit of a slow burn, but I think it's ineffective slow burn. Like, holy shit. I think it's I don't incredibly think tense. Any movie, like... well, it's that sense of dread that just permeates everything in the traditional sense you don't get those set pieces at quite the same speed as you know traditional movies but that's i mean it's not
0: like a slasher film it's not like action heavy but i think that like and that's in terms of like pertinent events happening in the film like it's pretty it's pretty well paced i don't think that pacing wise it's really that slow it's just tonally very different from a lot well, of well in the, in a lot of ways it's that we get fairly minimalistic
1: too true yeah know? yeah and you know that kind of emphasizes the slowness of kind of some of those long shots mm-hmm. and stuff like that, even though the tension in the sense of dread is just permeating every inch of the you know movie. it's not a magic forest, it's a very real forest you yeah.
0: know you know what i would what I would bet is probably the main reason why a lot of people on Metacritic think this film is boring is probably because the combination of the characters' accents and the period dialogue, they probably don't understand most of it. Yeah,
2: which equals boring, um, yeah. Yeah,
0: which equals boring. I don't understand what what is happening, so I'm bored. I, I would be willing to bet. I, I will admit that the first time we saw it, like, I wasn't bored, but in that theater, the dialogue was, ba- was badly mixed under the rest of the sound and the music, and their accents are pretty thick, and it is it is like 1600s accurate period dialogue. So on my first watch, I missed a lot because I just couldn't understand and, some of what the characters you know, were saying.
1: One of the things I'll say with this movie... There's no shame in putting the subtitles. No, I was about to on. say. I think the second time I watched you know? it, I put yeah, on subtitles. Totally. Um, well, totally, A couple of my views, I put the subtitles on.
0: I, mean, I think I've I have watched it, it once or twice with subtitles as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm at the point where I've we seen did it this last time. didn't No, we, no, we didn't. No. Well, I I think we're all at the point where we've seen it so many times that we we understand the accents. Like at the in in this viewing, Hopefully. like in this viewing, I caught like everything. Like I didn't I caught stuff I hadn't caught before. Right. Same. I but like I understood all of the dialogue. Like there wasn't yeah, like what was 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 that supposed to be? But like on my first couple of watches that was there. And yeah, I I think you're absolutely right. Like there's, there's no shame in putting on the subtitles for, for the witch. Um, you might actually get more because yeah some of some of the the accents are thick and some of and the dialogue is if it's something that you're not used to yeah you, you might you might miss yeah, some yeah and i don't think it'll break the immersion if no, anything at all no not at it'll all, add not at to all. It, but I, I and
2: there's a reason we've seen it so many times like it's such an yeah. immersive tapestry like you have to kind of go back and you know like re reacquaint yourself with that world to to fully comprehend yeah. it you know because it's so obscure
0: but i i think that that is probably i would i would bet money on that. That being the reason why the people whose reviews I read are like, this is boring. Yeah. They probably just didn't understand what was happening. But anyway. Well, it's funny because even a lot of the people I
1: follow on Letterboxd, I was just scrolling through it now to look at the cinematographer, but even a lot of the people I follow have fairly low reviews of it. Just because I think it is quite a divisive film in a lot of ways. That's
0: wild. You know? I, I just like, I think... <laughs> It's not for everyone, it's, and that's yeah. not a bad thing by any means. No, and I, and there's a lot of films that are like that, and and I I'll acknowledge that too. But like, man, I just think The Witch is such a perfect film. Yeah. I feel like
2: I definitely want a bat want want a bat for it because it's it's a highbrow horror yeah. movie, and those are those are my fucking well. Jam I in half.
0: I also I also I really I also really hope that. Um, Robert Eggers' next film is of the same quality. I have no reason to believe otherwise, but, you know, this is his one and only feature film so far, so he might have just gotten lucky, but I, I think that, like, from watching this film, like, I, I definitely got the impression that he is a very savvy filmmaker, both writer and director, Um, and I have no reason to believe that his, his subsequent films are going to be bad. Um, we have, we have predictions for one of them that's supposed to come out later this year, the lighthouse, which we talked about with, uh, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, which is light on any sort of plot synopsis, but is a horror movie, and I feel like considering that he's a New England boy and it's set in New England, that's probably going to be Lovecraftian, um, oh man, I, I, hope so. I, I hope so at least. And uh, honestly, I think that if anybody mm-hmm. could do a modern day Nosferatu remake, it it would be fucking Robert Eggers. Oh yeah, I honestly, yeah. like most of the time, I'm not I'm not in favor of of remakes of good films. Although, in my opinion, the Werner Herzog Nosferatu is much better than the original. Um, but I think we have that, different
1: views on that. But we won't get like into it. like
0: I said, like I said, we if, will
1: at some point. We will eventually. <laughs> um, the the,
0: the 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 Herzog Nosferatu is probably going to be one of my picks, uh, my next picks in the next couple of months. I'm good for that. But uh, yeah, I, I think if anybody, if any Modern filmmaker can do Nosferatu justice it would be it would be Robert Eggers so uh, I'm, I'm really excited for that um, and yeah that's definitely the end of Metacritic Corner that ended a little while ago but here we are and now it, it's time for a word from our sponsor for this week yep it sh- certainly is um, yeah Where's the the thing? Oh, the copy. Yeah, yeah. I got
2: it right here. here all right, cool. Yeah, hand me the, hand me the old hand me the old the old copy. Oh, thanks, man, for for handing me this copy.
0: Pulled it right from the sponsor shelf. All yeah. down the sponsor
2: shelf. Oh, man, this is it's really hard to read. I I've got my glasses on. I'm taking them off. I just I still can't really make out the print. Oh, oh, I get why. Okay, yeah, this is this is from Lemon and Egbert's uh uh in, Invisible Ink. And I don't have a catchphrase because they wrote it with their product. So, sorry guys, but
0: that's all I got. Lemon and Egbert's Invisible Ink. You won't be able to read it either. Thanks, Lemon and Egbert's Invisible Ink. All right, well, um, I think that'll bring us to the end of this week's episode. Um, uh, we got a chance to gush about a movie we love, which is always refreshing. Yeah. Next week for real this time uh we're going to be talking about Jordan Peele's new film Us. I know we hyped it up last time and then we realized that it wasn't going to be out in time. Just, yeah, so. splice in the hype uh, from that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh yeah, that that is coming out uh and we going to go see it. And yeah, we don't we talk are. about it for real. And uh, my hype has not diminished. Um, from the yeah, so, it has
1: grown. So early reviews are in since uh, it made its premiere at South by Southwest this last week. Ayo. Uh, so we do have a preliminary Rotten Tomatoes score. Uh, let's go ahead and look at what we predicted really quick. It looks like T.C. predicted 90. Cleveland, you predicted 85. And I said 86. No, your price righted me. Yeah, but, I mean, we didn't look at each other's before we guessed. It was completely Yeah, wrote them all down. Wait, you just wrote down 86? I put all the guesses down before I even gave them to you guys. Interesting. Yeah. yeah just, well, great minds, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. do one offering. Well, oh, uh, number. All right, yeah. early reviews are in. We have 48 reviews in right now, and us is sitting at 100. <laughs>
0: ayo yeah so... keep it 100 um i'm still going I'm happy to lose yeah i'm honestly i'm still going to go in with the healthy amount of skepticism but like honestly once again first time director he fucking knocked it out of the park with get out i have no reason to believe that this film isn't going to be awesome i keep getting inundated with trailers on hulu like i'm just super hyped for this movie i i can't fucking wait um so if you're if you out there also hype for this movie uh check back with us next week if you don't want spoilers go see it this week when it comes out because as always we will be getting into spoilers thank you as always for listening if you like the show and you want to hear us keep doing what we're doing hit those five stars on apple Podcasts. leave us a review or wherever you get your podcasts if you can leave a rating and review do the thing. It helps us out. And uh, tell your friends about the show. Share share an episode that you like with somebody who likes spooky movies. Um, we really appreciate that. Um, follow us on Twitter at Pod People Pod. At this point, we'll pro- we'll probably have put out uh, a little like mini ad about it, but we're running a uh, horror bracket yeah, for March Madness. March Madness uh, or season ben is, is a upon bracket. us.
1: You know, all the basketballs and whatnot. But that more importantly means all the brackets are coming out, whether it's for musicians or whatnot. So we're we're having a nice old horror movie bracket uh, going on. And by this time, by the time this comes out, we're probably, you know, top eight. You know, we got those classics, I'm sure. We got a dark horse or two in there. Who knows? We'll see yeah um but so
0: um yeah. go vote follow us on twitter at uh pod People pod go vote on that bracket um help us decide uh or like rather help us see what is the greatest horror film of all time or at least everybody's favorite um you know it's all arbitrary but it's just for fun so uh
1: yeah check that out on Twitter. If you want to thank me for making an awesome bracket, you can tweet at me at Mr. Sheets. And if you want to complain about the bracket choices, you can email me at ClevelandMosier hey, at hey, gmail.com. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Honestly, cut that down. Okay. Know my gmail. I, the <laughs> I, I, I didn't okay. even didn't think that was an actual gmail. That's my Gmail. Okay, I'll make one up then. Okay. Uh, If you have any complaints about the bracket, uh, you can email me at CMosher.
0: Hey, whoa,
2: whoa, whoa. Easy, man. (laughs) Easy.
0: Um, yeah, follow us on Letterboxd at letterboxd.com slash podpeoplepod uh, to check out all the list of all the films we've talked about on the show, our average ratings, like links me. to those, <laughs> links to those episodes. Yeah, you know, do the thing. Follow me on Twitter if you want at Mr. Van Awesome. Yeah, um, uh, you can follow my tweets for Light Arc
2: Studio as well as check out my sweet, sweet, painty painty wainies at uh, ArtStation under Cleveland Mosier and or Iron Prism. Uh, and yeah, primarily, like, keep your ears to the rails. We're doing, uh, we started our first couple rounds of alpha and beta testing for It Stares Back, and oh boy, oh boy, we've got a game. We've got
0: it coming. It's gotta got to be a sweet. We've got a game. swooty, it's coming for that booty. booty. you know it. Uh, that's all from me. All oh. right, well, uh, thank you again for listening. Until next time, keep living deliciously, baby. Wait,